Here we go. Okay, friends, we are super excited to have you guys back again for season two of Blooming in Process. I am super excited to talk to you guys this this season because it's going to be totally different than last season. We have some amazing guests coming in. Y'all, we're going to dive headfirst into this four topics I talked to you about last, uh, last season, financial fitness or fr financial freedom, excuse me, in Christ, growing in your faith with God, fitness, physical and mental, and also what's the last one? Oh, having a healthy marriage and family. Um, just a few announcements. Our Blooming and Process event is on October the 2nd. You can register at bloomingandprocess.com. Don't forget to, uh, to register for that event because it definitely will sell out. We're only, we have very limited spacing, 60 seats. So once those 60 seats are gone, they're gone. Um, but we're excited to have our first kickoff event. Don't worry if you don't make it in, we'll have more as well. All right, let's get to our podcast guest for today. As I said in our last season, we're going to be talking to some amazing people and experts in these fields. And today we have an awesome person here. I want to introduce you guys to Rebecca Van Nopen. Yes, very good. Okay, good. <laughs> I am super excited to talk to her because she has, she's going to be really diving into the topic of financial freedom, God's way, guys. So I have so much I can talk to you guys about her, but I want you guys to hear it directly from her mouth herself. Welcome to our show, Rebecca. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. So today we're going to be talking to you. I just want you to tell our guests who you are, what you do, and just like in a nutshell, like who you are at your core. Okay. Um, I, um, I am a Canadian, so I'm very happy that we are joined um, by borders, I guess. I mean, actually, we've been cut off from you for a few months, actually, yeah. during COVID. So, yeah. but saying that... Um, um, who am I? I'm a mother of five kids. I run a business. Yes, uh, they range in age from 20. I know because often as women, we like these details. Um, my oldest is 25. My youngest is 10. So I had my, uh, my youngest when I was in my 40s. So that was a whole journey in itself. Um, but I run a business. Um, my husband and I own a business in the capital of Canada, um, Ottawa, Ontario, called More Than Enough Financial. And we, uh, our heart is financial coaching. Um, we do provide mortgage and tax and um, financial seminars like just that kind of range. We're not advisors. We don't tell people how to invest, but we're more on the cash flow side, helping people just find freedom in their finances with their cash flow on a day-to-day -day basis. So we have a bunch of coaches that work with us and that's what we do. Yeah. It's, um, it's a beautiful full life. So. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love it. I love that you have that niche. You know, some people uh, decide to do art. Some people decide to do dance. Some people decide to do financial freedom. So I'm glad we found you. <laughs> I'm glad we found you. Yes. Well, and, and I was thinking, cause, cause Bridget, you sent me some great questions to think about. And I, I tell you, I think every person should have those questions you sent because you know, who am I at the core? You mentioned that at the beginning. I, I was thinking, what, who am I? I was like, what do I love? I actually love 
Jesus. I love life. I love people. I love to learn. So if you, um, if you ever, you know, came to my house um, out here in Eastern Ontario, you'd find me with a book in hand or at my computer or being hospitable or um, just spending some quiet time with the Lord. So um, yeah, I, it comes down to those simple things. That's awesome. I guess I, at, at the end of the day, that's all that really matters is our relationship with the Lord. Anyway, he leads and guides us in every area of our lives. He talks to us, he teaches us, he guides us. So I love that. So what, so what has been your greatest life lesson um, in this journey for you? Well, in 2007, so my husband and I actually just celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary on July 6th. Oh, congratulations. Yes, thank you. Yes, it's, uh, it's great. We celebrate every year because every year is a gift and hard work. So um, about halfway through, so in 2006, 2007, Dave was, my husband was actually a, um, a automotive tech working in his dad's business. And um, God started through a series of events, uh, nudged us out of that business and um, plopped us into more than enough coaching. And he and the owner at the time, Lynn Fraser, started creating a, a program uh, for coaching, uh, financial coaching specifically, because people were coming to Lynn. She was doing these seminars and saying, um, you know, do you do accountability, you know, for finances? Cause it's great. You're doing these financial fitness seminars, but do you have any more? So they created this coaching system. So in the midst of all of that, some of the biggest life lessons I've learned, Bridget are like, how do you summarize? I think one of the biggest things that I've learned is that God has a word for you in every season. So hmm. no matter what you're going through, he has that daily living, Rhema a word to speak into your life and says, this is the way to walk in it. And it can be an encouragement. It can be a comfort. It can be because our seasons are different. The word is different and, the, but they're, they're life-giving words for us. And that I think, while I learned lots of different things, Isaiah, if you guys go to Isaiah 55, it's the first three verses are, are significant for me. Um, but but I would say overall, the biggest life lesson is, is that he has a word for you today. He has a word for me today to encourage us, to keep us going, you know, especially in the times that we're living right now. So that is so good. Yeah, he definitely does have a word. And sometimes it takes us, it takes up our part to slow down, you know, and yes. quiet and to seek him for that because life can make you feel like it, where am I? You know, yes. what, what am I doing? Am I going down the right path? And slowing down for me, that has definitely been a like a game yes. changer. Like slowing down yes. and just realizing God has the answer. And if the answer is just be still and trust, like that's that's a safe place, right? Mm -hmm. So I love that you have learned that. That's so awesome. Uh, I think I'm still learning it too. You know, because I like. I, <laughs> yes. I'm a, I feel like I'm a, like a, a, a worker by nature. Like I'm just, go, 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 go. so like, you know, just God has to tell me what I am like my Sabbath day is a must and it's, oh, a, yes. it's a struggle though. Okay. So great tip for any of you who have young kids or, or not, it doesn't matter. 
we implemented in that season of transition, we were going from one business into this financial coaching place. Um, we took every seventh weekend as a Sabbath with our family. That's so awesome. it was, it has been really life-giving for our family because then we all said no. We all said no to all the invitations, all the activities, unless we were going to do it together. So if any of your listeners um, want to implement that, I would highly recommend it. You have to look at your calendar at the beginning of the year and slot off those weekends or they get absorbed. Oh and, and I'm reading a great book. His name's uh, Mark Comer, I think. It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And it's excellent. Oh, if wow. you want to I slow love down. that title. That's an amazing yeah. title. The yes. Ruthless Elimination of, of hurry. hurry. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, let's just let's just clap. Yeah, that's great. That's a great title. I love it. I mean, yeah, yeah, nothing to do, nothing to do with your finances per se. But one thing that I mean, you'll learn if you talk to me long enough, money issues aren't about money. They're about your heart. And as believers in Christ, it's about our relationship with the Lord and how much we really believe what he says in his word and whether we're going to take what he believes to heart, you know, to know his promises and to eat the words, you know, in Isaiah 55, like I mentioned it, it, he says, come, it's an invitation. Come you who have no money, come buy, eat, um, drink, um, wine, milk, come without money, without price. And then he asks us, why do you spend money on what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. So when we talk about money and relation, like we could talk about money in a secular sense, we can implement all kinds of good habits. We can even slow down, figure out what we want. But as far as believers in Christ and following Jesus, it's about him. It's about, it's about us eating his word to us and as the source of life. And we don't want to be like the Israelites were in Jeremiah's time. He says in Jeremiah 2, you know, you have forsaken me, the source of living water, and you've also built cisterns that no longer hold water. Mm-hmm. And I think some yeah. of our financial trouble is because we're putting trust. Isaiah 30, I think it is, says that we've gone back to Egypt and put trust in horses and chariots and the wisdom of Egypt. You know, that's a metaphor, really, for the system of the world. But he's continually inviting us, even in our financial journey to himself. And um, I think more than enough, what we do more than enough, really, at the core is just trying to tell people to take a listen, like you've already said, stand still and listen to what the Lord is speaking to you. Ooh, are y'all listening to her? I hope you guys are writing this down. Like just rewind, just rewind it, go back and just hear like the last three minutes all over again. I'm just going to let you guys don't to do that at least two to three times. Like, cause she just dropped so many nuggets right there. And I love that, that she said that, you know, what really impacted me about what you said is the fact that the financial thing is really not about finances. It's about our relationship with the Lord. And I know when God was like elevating our family financially, and I kept on asking God, like, how am I going to flip this money to make this money? How's that? I kept on asking God questions. And he said to me, you're asking the wrong question. He said, you're asking the wrong question. I'm like, oh, he's like, that's why it's taking so long. I'm waiting for you to ask the right question. <laughs> oh, don't you love that when he does that? Cause you're just like, ah, 
Yes. Oh my God. Like, okay. Just, just give me the question then. Yeah, like, yeah, tell yeah. me what to ask you. Yeah, it was like that. It was an epiphany I had, and I'm just like, okay. And then when I, so that's what I started praying for. Like, Bridget, what are you asking? That's wrong. And I'm, I'm just trying to figure out, like, what? A, and I realized it was all about me doing something, and therefore I will get the glory. And I mean, I remember shifting my question. And I was like, okay, I don't care how much money I have and how much and what I'm going to flip it to do. My, my new question is, God, what do you want me to do with this? Oh, that's yes. That's the question of a steward. That's that it. is the question. And, you know, we we I was thinking about some of the things that, um, you know, have been motivating David and I and life lessons. And and how do you get to the place of financial freedom? And it really is understanding that we don't own anything. And you know what, to be like, this is my confession. I'm still grappling with that lesson. I'm still grappling with that truth because you put your hand down, you work hard. Of course it's your money, Mm -hmm. but really he gives you the ability to work. He gives like, um, I have this crazy story about this sweater I knit. Like we live in Canada. So I don't know uh, how warm or hot or cold your winters are, but ours get cold. We're in Texas. (laughs) Yeah. So, so we get, so I knit the sweater and I'm like, Dave, like you're never going to get a sweater out of me again here. And he's like, yeah, but we know this woman who's going to the mission field in Russia. She doesn't have a lot. So what if we gave her the sweater? Well, it took me three days to release it and to understand that it wasn't my sweater. It wasn't my ability. It, I didn't, it wasn't my money. It wasn't my time. This belonged to him. In the end, I gave it. Now, the Lord is gracious to me, and he's gracious to all of us. If you need some time to process some of these things he's teaching us about money, take the time. He's not in a rush. Like, it's that book. He's not. Jesus was never in a hurry. Most of his life was a life of interruption. Like, he just took it in stride, and he t- takes our questions. He takes He takes the time with us so that we come to a full understanding. It's better to eat slowly that steak than to inhale it and run off to the next thing. Like if he's teaching you something in this season, I guess I'm talking to your listeners because that's what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. You know, if he's teaching you something about your finances, you know, that maybe you haven't known he's the steward of it all. Maybe um, he's trying to teach you to pay down your debt and even take $10 a week extra to put it on your credit card debt. You know, Mm -hmm. just stop and just ask him what, what Bridget's already been saying, you know, how do I do this? How do I spend your money? How do I walk with you in the season? It just feels hard. And just being honest about it is like the first step and stopping what we've already been saying, just stop and breathe a minute (laughs) instead of getting that panicky, like, (gasps) like I've got all this debt, like just take a deep breath and remember who he is and how much he loves you. Absolutely. That's so good. Oh my gosh, guys. I, I'm so enjoying this conversation. <laughs> it's so good. And you know, I, it, it is a shifting that happens. Like I think that for most of my life, I, it was a mine, you know, like I worked for this. This is my paycheck, you know, because I've worked since I was like 12 <laughs> in some capacity, you know, whether it's a summer job or after school job, I've worked since I was 12. And then when I finally started my own business and company, I, I, I was a worker bee and I, it was like a mine. Like I put in the time, 
I'm reaping the benefit. And when I took that shift, that shift happened in me of, like you said, it's not mine. This this is, I am a vessel to be used by God and everything he brings to me is, is I'm like a conduit, you know, of, of his, of his money, of mine and his man. He wants me to manage his money in the earth. And like, um, he's just shown me so much like about giving, about sowing seeds, about like, whenever he gives me something like tithing, how important tithing is. And it's just, it's just so many principles that he's shown me about how this is not my money. And I had to, I had to shift my brain and it took a minute <laughs> and it took a minute. I think I still go back sometimes. I still go back sometimes like mine. And he's like, no, no. And it's like my two-year-old, you know, he's like mine. Uh, or actually he's three now, how time flies. Um, yes, I really love that. Okay, let's move on. What do you think holds people back from achieving financial freedom? I think we just talked about this, but you can, I'll let you answer. Well, I was, I, I think we did like understanding that God owns it, but I, I actually flipped the question and I asked, I asked myself, what's the key to financial freedom? Like what holds people back? Well, maybe in Christ, it's not understanding that he owns it, but I also think contentment's an issue. Mm. So Um, If we are constantly looking or constantly wired to the voices around us and not wired to God's voice and his word and his presence or his spirit, then we are going to be constantly looking. And, and I, I want to tell you, like, I haven't got it all figured out. Like we can use the word like Bridget did expert. I don't feel like an expert. I'm just like, you know, doing the journey like everybody else. We've had some clients call us and they're like, we wish we were like you and, and Rebecca and have it all figured out. And Dave's like, money is currency. Life happens. Things happen. You lose your job. The furnace breaks. The car breaks down. Someone kid gets rolls your car because that's actually happened. He was fine. But, you know, things happen and you still have to figure out your finances. You still have to think, how does this work? How are we going to talk about this in a godly way? But can I be content in each moment? And that is so hard. And I love the verses in Hebrews 13, verse five, because it says, you know, um, one version says, do not covet, but I actually went and read it. There are a couple other versions that says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content. And then he says, for I have told you, I will never leave you. His response to our life is his presence. So if you're struggling with contentment, again, it goes back to what we already said, Bridget, slow down, take a listen. You know, I know some of your listeners are busy in work, relationships, family, young kids, but if we're not taking that time set apart, even five minutes, even a 10 minute walk, even, you know, different points throughout the day to say, Lord, I'm struggling with being content. I know I'm looking when I go shopping. I know I'm spending money. I don't have, I, I, and it, and it might not even be that you might have some people on the other end who are like, I've got all this money. I, you know, I, I'm just living my life. Like, you know, I, I'm, and they're still not content. So, you know, it doesn't mean you, how much you have, how much you have doesn't matter. It's, it's where you're finding your level of satisfaction, because then that those verses in Hebrews 13, that section says, for have I not told you, I will never leave you. And the Lord is your helper. 
what can man do to me? If yeah. the Lord is our help, who are we not to find contentment in him? So that's just a really, if you can take some time to go to Hebrews 13 to those couple verses that are really good too. Oh, I hope y'all writing these verses down. Y'all know we talk Bible. We talk Bible because the Bible is the way. She said, write that down. Write that down now. Um, I want to, oh my gosh, this is so good. I'm like, oh my God, I'm out of time. Um, this is so good. We got about, I'm going to go about 10 more minutes, but we, I really want to dive into what you said about contentment because you are so right. And we live in a consumer field society to where consumerism is driving everything. One of the lines of uh, business, one of my lines of business in our, in our company is collaborations with corporations. And these people sometimes make more money than lawyers and doctors. And I had a, a lady, she has her PhD. She said, I just got five figures deposited to my account and I made more as a brand influencer person than I did when I was, uh, when I graduated my PhD from Harvard. <laughs> and then another lady said, oh yeah, that worked, that happened to me too. And I'm a medical doctor. And I said, this is all because we live in a consumer field society where we're always spending. So like online social media, I find myself definitely YouTube. I think YouTube is the worst. Like, cause if, you, if I watch enough YouTube videos, I have a <laughs> list of things. I need to buy makeup. I mean, oh, she talked about that couch or she had this outfit on. Oh, that's super cute. Let me write that down. You know, and it's, <laughs> and so, you know, social media is insatiable and it just adds to that idea of discontentment because we're scrolling and we're, you know, sometimes when we wake up, we don't know what we want, right? We don't know what we, like, sometimes I don't know if I want a new dress. Like, I don't, I don't have that desire until I start scrolling. And I'm like, I need some new clothes. (laughs) Well, and you think, Bridget, this has happened in the last 30 years. It's increased that much more because when I, my daughter was born 1997, it, the internet just came out really And it wasn't, and we weren't holding it in our hand. Now we hold it in our hand. And it goes back to, to me, to those words, again, those two words from that title of that book, ruthless elimination, how willing are we to be ruthless with, with what we're doing with our time? Cause we're, we're stewarding our time. So if we know that a source of our discontentment is social media, is the internet, and it's not all evil. We know that there's lots of good stuff. Like we do our, we're doing this because of the technology, right? I wouldn't meet you. I I wouldn't know you had we didn't have this beautiful thing. But at the same time, we have to, again, gauge ourselves. Like um, we have this phrase at more than enough financial awareness creates empowerment. Mm-hmm. And um, we actually got some t-shirts made with a face on the front and the, and the, the acronym, because one of the keys to financial freedom in a practical sense is financially becoming aware of what's happening in your bank account, mm-hmm. because it's so people are so not aware. They go to work, it's deposited, things happen automatically or not. And yeah. It's just that awareness is the first step towards understanding and awareness of what is bringing us discontent and what would bring us contentment. I mean, we can go to the Sermon on the Mount. Mm -hmm. Jesus has given us a template for life in the Sermon on the Mount. How do we live? We can go read Matthew 5, 6, and 7 as well. 
Oh my goodness. I am, I feel like I'm getting filled up. Like, I don't know about y'all, but I'm, she blessed me. <laughs> she blessed me. I was like, yes, Lord. Speak <laughs> okay. So let's go. Let's move on. Um, let's talk about the resources that you recommend for people that want financial freedom. And as we end, also, you can add in there how we can get in contact with you, stay connected in anything that you sure. have. Sure. Um, Dave and I always say if financial freedom was about education, the whole world would be really good with their money. There's so much stuff out there. Um, for you guys, you know, we don't have the same access to the, some of the courses for various reasons that Dave Ramsey offers. You know, he's got books and all that. I know you guys probably hear his name all the time. Um, so there's those resources. In Canada, um, we call it Compass Canada. And you can go to notmine.ca. And um, a guy, actually an American named Howard Dayton, wrote these books, Managing God's Money His Way. He's written um, marriage books. So we recommend those partially because there's a, we've Canadianized them because we are different. We are different than Americans. So, um, so if you go to notmine.ca, it's a great resource place. Um, and as far as I'm actually writing my first book, so that's the big news. I don't, I would give you the link, but I don't have it yet. So if you go to morethanenough.ca, eventually you'll see it. It's going to be, um, pre-orders will be coming this summer already, but, um, the book you could have in your hand in November. And basically that book's called Cultivating Trust. Um, I, we're just figuring out the title actually cultivating trust, finding God's hope and freedom in your finances. And it's based, um, loosely around Matthew six about some of those verses about seeking first his kingdom. So on a practical level, but the core is the Bible. There's 2,350 verses on money and possessions in that book. So, or so they say, I haven't counted, um, but they're there. And if you can dig in and find out what you've already said, that word principle, there are a lot of biblical principles about how we are to use what God's given us. Mm. And it's, that's the best book. Ooh. Oh my gosh. This is so good. Oh my goodness. Everything I guys. I, I'm super excited about this season. If this is how we're going to start, <laughs> y'all are in for an amazing season so, full of value. <laughs> when we celebrate, I know those who are listening can't see this. We have these like crazy birthday things that we celebrate. So I celebrate, Bridget, you're starting of your new season and great Thank podcasts you. to come. Thank you. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. You guys, I hope that you guys look this up, morethanenough.ca. Yeah. Connect with her. Are you on social media? I am. Uh, if you go to Facebook, we have a More Than Enough page, Facebook page. That's the best way to reach out. Or you can email me, um, Rebecca, at morethanenough.ca. It's um, R-E-B-E-C-C-A at More okay. Than Enough. So. Yeah. connect with her if you guys have any more questions i hope that you guys got filled up like i do i feel the holy spirit mm. and i just want to acknowledge him and thank him for this vessel uh for being a part of our podcast for sharing her heart with us for sharing her life lessons with her, with us we do not take it for granted and we so appreciate you and all that you are doing in the earth 
to to bless people. We bless you, bless your Thank family, you. we bless your business, and we are excited to see where you guys don't let us know when your book comes out so we can I let everybody it. know because we're excited about that too. But thank you so much, Rebecca, for joining oh, us today. It's great, great being with you, Bridget. Thanks so much.